talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Hello! And welcome once again to more like The Worst Wing, the podcast where we take a look at the West Wing from a lefty socialist perspective here in the year of many people's Lord 2019. I am Stu. And I am Dave. And today's episode is entitled Shibboleth. It is the eighth episode of the second season. What a fun word to say. What a lovely, and I believe it is Hebrew in origin. I believe so. Uh, the which, chosen yeah, people. Yes, the episode we'll uh, we'll get into later, but let let's hop right into it here. We we open with a uh, call from pre uh, Department of Homeland Security <laughs> INS, uh, oh so quaint, uh, talking about how they found a shipping container full of Chinese refugees who are claiming asylum based off uh, religious persecution. They are they are Christians. Uh, I believe they are Catholic, more specifically, and they claim they are being persecuted by the Chinese government and have stowed aboard a Chinese shipping vessel to get to America. There is a very, there are a couple very dramatic points of entry in the early, like sort of the cold open-ish part of this mm-hmm. episode where it's, oh, we got serious music and when they find the ship and it's like this is this is clearly a crisis and it's it's almost a setup like an action movie right and then you cut to <laughs> you cut to the west wing where it's just like pre-thanksgiving celebrations are being talked about and right i think josh's intro is just amazing it's just like hey 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 i've been flipping a coin in my office and check it out <laughs> 17 times in a row it comes up tails <laughs> Yeah, in the words of CJ, they're like high schoolers after finals uh, before the end of the year. Like, they've checked out. Senioritis. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're all, it's it's day before Thanksgiving, and they're all just kind of fucking about, doing whatever, having fun. Uh, and then, uh, so then we get our intro to CJ's mountain plot line, where CJ kind of gets upset that because she still has stuff to do, because she's involved with all the Thanksgiving planning, and a nice little bit of backfill. Uh, they're like, didn't you have to do all this last year? And she goes, no, I was out last year. I was sick, uh, which is an explanation for why we didn't have a Thanksgiving episode last season. How convenient. Yeah, it's a nice little, nice little bit of backfill writing there. Uh, yeah. Elegantly done, I must say. But uh, So CJ kind of gets mad at the boys, and by the boys here I mean Josh, Toby, and Sam. For kind of jerking around while she still has all this work to do of like coordinating the rose garden thing and learning songs that she has to lead the children in and all these kind of press secretary duties related to the White House Thanksgiving celebration uh, that she kind of snaps at them and calls them on their senioritis and whatnot. So then she walks off and then who walks up but what's his name? They, they reference this young kid's name. A couple it's like, times. It's like Larry McBartle or something. Yeah, but whatever. But, uh, Sleeve McDykel. Y- yeah, sure. <laughs> Todd Bonsall. Um, I'll put that image in the, uh, in, the, in the show notes today. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so this kid walks up. He's like, hey, I'm from Molten Farms or whatever. And I got here the two turkeys that the president is going to pick one of these to pardon. And uh, where should I put them? And the boys, having just been chastised by CJ, all look at each other and agree, CJ's office, you should probably put these live turkeys into CJ's office. Yeah, and we get another little bit of comedy where CJ walks in and is like, what the hell is going on? And she just says, 
hang on, credential check. I have a master's degree. <laughs> or oh, like, I have a master's degree from whatever school she went from UC yeah. Berkeley. Yeah, we got a we got a lot of credential checks coming in this episode, <laughs> folks. Uh, so get them air horns ready. Um, so yeah, so CJ's plot is dealing with these live turkeys, uh, that one of which is going to be pardoned. Uh, and we'll get more into that later, I guess. And then, so our third main plot line is uh, a recess appointment that the White House wants to do for Assistant Secretary of Education or something like that. It's, de- yep. it's definitely education related. I'm not sure if I got the exact title right. Uh, and they want to put in Leo's sister, um, who Josephine McGarry, um, as who is currently a superintendent in Atlanta, uh, into this role, and they're concerned because she is a controversial choice uh, because she has some history with the topic of school prayer, which is sort of our third main topic. Whew, school prayer, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is, it feels like a very like late 90s, early 2000s thing to be concerned about. You know? Yes, absolutely. Well, and you'll note that um, the sort of the the Christian refugee theme, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, is is of a time as well where it was still okay to be like, well, what if the what if the refugees are Christians or something? And it's like they the the issue is is sanitized, I guess, through a lens of it being the American majority. Right, like presumption. They share our Judeo-Christian values. Exactly. Exactly. And it's never it's never explicitly stated, but we, we right. can dig in on that a little bit later. Um, yeah. So those three things are really the the driving. Yeah, uh, I think there's a couple other like minor subplots. Oh, the we let's let's, oh, let's right. do of this course. one first because the big um, one, the the big one, <laughs> <laughs> the emotional uh, what I'll call the emotional heart of the episode. Yeah, is so the running in, plot line of go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was to say in in tangent with the Thanksgiving preparations and stuff, the involvement of the president in this episode is largely um, centered around his obsession with finding a carving knife. Mm-hmm. With which to cut the Thanksgiving turkey. Correct. So uh, so he sends Charlie out on uh, at least three separate uh, knife shopping runs that we see. Uh, to And each time being like, mm, nope, handle not right. Mm, nope, don't like the blade. You know, just being real particular and like nerdy about it for abstract, arbitrary reasons. They all look like fine knives, of course. Well, and he, he quips a couple things being like, ooh, you know, the tang is 70% right. of the weight of the extension beyond right. the knuckle. And it's like, <laughs> wow, you know a shitload about knife technicalities, President yeah, Dad. Like, he has to show his technocratic knowledge on even carving knives. <laughs> it's like he's, he's a subscriber to Cold Steel on YouTube. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love um, Cold so, Steel. <laughs> and, and this... This culminates in something that we, we refer quite a bit to, um, and we will be focusing on more as it becomes more apparent, is that the, it uses the interaction between Charlie and the president to really dig in on, like, the president-dad stereotype. Yeah. And this is, yeah. like, a perfect example of it, where, in the end, Charlie, he's been made to jump through all these hoops, he's been obliquely taught... And he's, and he's getting fed up. He's getting real fed up, actually. Yeah, and I think it's... I think it is... It's a... St- invocation of the stereotype of the sort of like 
not the prodigal student, but sort of like the, oh, we're going to take this guy to the limit by mm-hmm. messing with him. But, oh, he's actually learning it's, something it's valuable. It's a secret test of character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it culminates in the president's like, well, this blade will will be ample and everybody should have you know, a steak knife. And it's like, it's a good thing I've got one now because I'm giving this one to you, Charlie. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) Because he doesn't have any, you know, none of his daughters want it, apparently. Uh, And and he doesn't have a son to give it to. It's like, this was made by my grandfather's, was given to my grandfather's grandfather's grandfather by a nice little silversmith named Paul Revere. (gasps) Bam, 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 bam. (laughs) It's fucking right out of Hamilton. Some <laughs> yeah. shit. So, oh man. And and so, yeah. to be to be fair, like the like the delivery and oh, it the, lands. The it all lands one. fine. Yeah. It, it it hits its emotional beats. Cause how can it not? You know, it's it's a very uh, you know charming gesture of of you know you are my son, this is important kind of thing. And these are our traditions and our values because he literally, the episode literally closes after he gives a little monologue about having Mm -hmm. the best job in the world because he got to welcome some people to the new world. And like, God, Martin Sheen's got this weird fucking half smile on his face while he's talking about this shit. It's really bizarre. Like, uncomfortably weird Like he's getting half a stiffy thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, and now I get to go tell people to have a happy Thanksgiving. It's the best job in the world. All right. uh, Let's take a quick break here, and then we can get into more specifics on each issue. The first um, political issue introduced in this episode is the Christian refugees from China seeking asylum. So this is actually... I, I. thought a lot about this and I was committing to do a little bit more research and then I didn't because I'm lazy but <laughs> the the sort of this was happening at a time in history right on the cusp of the um, the idea coming to the fore of the American consciousness that China is quote unquote taking over the world so this is mm-hmm. late 2000 mm-hmm. in terms of things yeah this is like we, Thomas Friedman's fears writ large right <laughs> Yeah, and and at a time when it hadn't really caught on in right. the popular consciousness. Yeah, um, like only if you were like a real China insider of like, you know, you did business in China and you read a, some magazines that kept track of trends in China, would you be like in on this? The general public was like, eh, China? <laughs> cheap, like cheap garbage comes from yeah. there, you know, and it's a... Uh, I don't even think we had wrapped our minds around that bit yet. Maybe a little. Well, the I think the the it be, it stands in better contrast to what we know was focused because like the Japanese invasion was right. big in like the eighties. Yeah, but no one thought that that was cheap crap. It was it was oh, oh no. man, well, they they can all do it better than us. Oh no, they're gonna take over the world. Yeah, and and so like and then it's you know the fall of the Soviet Union comes around. Then we sort of have like the the weird inter like hegemony building thing with the U.S. Mm-hmm. in the nineties, and we get to the dot com bubble, which has just burst about right. a year prior to this episode filming. So the right. next like sort of non 9/11 political groundswell is most likely going to be oriented around China. 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 So <laughs> anyways, I had mentioned a little earlier in the show that the uh, the the conceit of this is that there is religious persecution happening underneath what is a I mean te- technically a state 
capitalist government in China yes. that does not take kindly to non-state sanctioned religions. Um, Correct. And what's funny is in 2019, this is a hundred percent. This is the Uyghurs. Like this is mm-hmm. this is about Uyghurs in China. But the presentation of this issue in 2000 is framed within this. What is the commonality between our viewing audience? Right, and uh, part of that is because Sorkin wants to make the immigrants or the refugees seem more relatable to us to to help humanize them, which is good and noble. Um, and th- but then also part of it is just sort of a time capsule thing of like we didn't we didn't have a different way of framing it, you know. Well, and it's also a very lib thing to to need a humanization. Right. Frank, yeah, frankly, not, not just that they're people, but that exactly, they have exactly. to share our same Judeo-Christian values, and they're being persecuted for those values and killed for those values. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not just that they're people seeking a better life, which is what the president tries to say at the end, uh, even though it's, it's more complicated than even, that. And even though the remainder of this plot line is devoted to the episode title, which is obliquely related to him setting up what is functionally a gotcha moment yes in an interview with one of the like i don't know the head of or whatever one of these randomly selected refugees yeah and uh, let's dig in on this because the yeah, episode tries real. to have it the episode tries to have it both ways here so uh, president bartlett's you know when he's told about the situation with these refugees and they kind of go back and forth and there's a bit uh, earlier, uh, which uh, with some religious faith leaders, which I'll dig into later, but just to get back to the Bartlett thing, he's, he says, okay, well, to determine, you know, sometimes these people get coached on answers of what to say to claim that they're, that they're actually being persecuted when they're really not. So I'm going to question one of them, and I will judge for myself if I think they're really faithful or not. Uh, and he brings up the concept of the shibboleth, from the Bible, and what the shibboleth was was a password between ancient Jews of of proving that you were a fellow member of the tribe, that and a friend, an ally, you know, not an enemy. So speak speak shibboleth and enter. It's basically, uh, because, yeah, yeah, because uh, God had made it so that you couldn't truly say it if you didn't mean it in your heart. So, uh, and, and he, uh, Bartlett explains it with like, an enemy tries to say it and says Sibboleth instead, or something like that. So he's question. so they bring in one guy, one guy out of like the 20 or whatever, um, and he speaks English well enough that he can have a conversation, and Bartlett literally just goes through quizzing him on fucking Christian trivia, like oh. question by question. It, it It's literally just, it's an interrogation, basically. Yeah. It is, and it's... It's and the implication like an here is, if you get the answers wrong, you're going you're back. You're going back to die. Yeah. Like, like let, that's the unsaid implication of the whole scene, is if you fuck up any of these answers, you're you're out. And it's... Yeah, we, go ahead. It gets, it gets framed, uh, it, it is written, and the actor, who, I mean, I, do, I do, honestly don't know who the actor is, Me who neither. plays the Chinese man, but he... Um, it's understood that he has an accent, but an interesting sort of, um, uh, I guess, side effect of him speaking English with a, you know, a, a noticeable Chinese accent is that his words initially play into the White House's fears because they sound very um, deliberate 
and very scripted. So mm-hmm. as you watch this scene, right. I thought the it was idea quite that interesting. Is coach exactly? Yeah. you get that from simply from like, the guy's pronunciation. I, and at one point, he asks him like, "Who are the apostles?" And he knows all twelve apostles. I don't care how good a Christian you are; you probably don't know all twelve apostles, like off the top of your head. Dude, I would. I went to church every Sunday for fifteen years of my life, and I do not know. <laughs> yeah, like, I know Judas was the bad one. Yeah, like, so, uh, <laughs> like, you do start to get the implication that he's coach, but then, during one of his answers, he's trying to say that, he's 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 trying to think of, like, a really good point to make, and he's like, faith is the true, oh, dang, what's this word? Faith is the true shibboleth, and he magics the perfect word out, yeah. out, of, out of his ass. How convenient! And Bartlett gets this big old smile on his face, and he's like, you just said the magic word. Yeah, it's literally says the magic word. Um, oh, man. So and- uh, The actor's name, by the way, is Henry O, uh, mm-hmm. and he had a recurring role on ER. Um, no shit. Ha- probably how he got this, this part, uh, because John Wells is the common link between the two. Huh, interesting. Good research. Yeah, so yeah. real time. This, um, th- this issue is wrapped up once... What's funny is that the president goes through this whole rigmarole to mm-hmm. to get him to prove what's going on. Right, and then sorry, let me interrupt you. Go ahead. And then, yeah, yeah. Like I said, my whole point was the episode tries to have it both ways because at the end, I think it's Leo. Leo says like, so if he got any of those questions wrong, were you going to send him back? And Bartlett's like, no, no, never. You know, it's like, well, fuck off <laughs> then. Like, what was the point Christ, of the questions? <laughs> like, are you are you just torturing this poor guy for for jollies? Yeah, then what the fuck was the point of the interrogation? <laughs> so, and and in the end, in in true style fashion, he doesn't fucking make a decision because yes. they're like, look out, China might get upset or something, and I have a note here about say, being like... They say save face they, to make it even more orientalist. Oh you know? like, my god. China needs to save face, I believe is explicitly said. And like the you don't want to piss off China thing, like and again, I don't. I, I have a very fuzzy recollection of like the 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 sort of the dominant perspective on it in two thousand in the year two thousand. But like nu- nuclear weapons were definitely in play, and like, almost certainly, yeah. So like you don't want to piss off China. Right. I guess carries some some freight, if you sure. will. And then so the solution is to right. <laughs> to take the non-choice option. So there's two cho- explicit choices he can make. One, ship them all back to China, where presumably they will be killed, or, you know, in, imprisoned, or whatever. Most you likely know, killed, because, you know, they tried to get away. Right, you know. Or, two, just grant them explicit, yes, you get refugee asylum, we are explicitly acknowledging it, you have full, the full faith Here, and protection of the U.S. government. Here's a social security number. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and and the president, in a bold display of practical idealism, uh, chooses neither option <laughs> and instead decides to basically say, like, okay, uh, all the guards at the INS facility uh, look the other way and we're just going to have them leave. <laughs> Yeah. Like we'll just have them walk out, and they can be illegal immigrants in America, with all with all the joys and protections that that comes with. <laughs> I just say, oh well, well how convenient, you know? Yeah. Oh man, uh, it's just so, it's the most centrist, like worst of two uh, possible options. But the truth must be in the middle, kind of shit. Like, like we and it someone, I. 
I, I try to see the upside of this where it's like you are you're explicitly helping improving the material conditions of these 83 people who've gone through hell to mm-hmm. get here but in a in a show that is explicitly political you are you're opting not to demonstrate that that's your priority mm-hmm. it's like uh, you Again, Every, everything is about dealing with the political realities of like, well, we'd love to do the right thing, but gosh darn it, you know, we yeah, just can't make China it. too mad. Yeah, you know? China might get mad. Oh no. Yeah, you know, it's not like we're the world superpower, and who gives <laughs> a fuck who's mad at us or not? Like, especially at this point in and like, kind of you historical... know, you think China's going to declare war over eighty-three people out of its billion population? No. <laughs> Oh no, we might throw some tariffs on Chinese import or Chinese you know, we're not, on exports or something. You know, like, if we arrested the Chinese president while he was visiting, that'd be one thing. But like, this is like so <laughs> low on the totem pole compared to something like that. Like, or if if we detained the I don't know the daughter of the CEO of the largest company in China because she tried to go to Canada or something. Hmm. Sounds familiar. And guess what? <laughs> Fucking nothing has happened. Like we right? Yeah. Like in, we in routinely. Pin- we routinely piss off China in much larger ways, like <laughs> well, the tariff war, you know, the, sh- the fucking trade tariffs uh, going on right now. And they can't do shit about it because they rely on our economy just as much as we rely on theirs. So, practical um, idealism. Yeah, yeah, I think that covers this particular episode, uh, issue really well. Uh, actually, I do want to take one minute and go back and say at one point they meet in the middle of the episode with some religious leaders. And we, this is where we meet Al Caldwell who, as you discovered real-time in your notes, was a Jerry Falwell uh, analog. <laughs> I did not remember that we saw him in episode one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So it's not introducing, I should say, re- reappearing um, Al-, Al Caldwell, because, yeah, he is in episode one with the other religious leaders. Uh, and he offers to pay the full bond of all of these uh, Chinese immigrants because he's like, ah, it's so-, you know, they're they're getting... They're getting killed over there in China. And Sam's like, do you have any proof of that? And he's like, but they're getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and... and then there's some other like awful religious lady who who's just like extra shitty about it. And it makes Al Caldwell look like the more reasonable Christian because he calls her out for being shitty. But he's still just as shitty. So. Yeah, and I wrote it. I just said, hey, look, it's every right wing interest group committed to principles as long as they're white rich principles. Like, <laughs> exactly. Okay, fine. So yeah, yeah, this is this is no threat to them to have you know eighty three more H one B visas uh, be approved so that yeah. these guys can learn to code or whatever, <laughs> and they can make hay on the uh, the issue. So yeah, yeah. that's the primary uh, political that, issue in this. Yeah, uh, that wraps episode. up this one. Uh, let's take another quick break and then we can get into the other issues. Okay, so let's tackle the sa- second major plotline of this particular episode which is the appointment of Leo's sister, Josephine McGarry, to this uh, secretary, <clears throat> excuse me, of education position, uh, which they explicitly acknowledge they are only doing because they want to start the debate about school prayer. Uh, and in a frustrating but typical West Wing move, uh, we don't actually find out where they really stand on school prayer as an administration. Uh, we find out where Toby stands on school prayer as a yes, person. We do. Yep. Uh, and I acknowledge with his uh, take, and uh, let's, in fact, hell, let's just play the clip right now. It's not the First Amendment, it's not religious freedom, it's not church and state, it's not abstract. What is it? It's the fourth grader 
who gets his ass kicked at recess because he sat out the voluntary prayer in homeroom. It's another way of making kids different from other kids. And they're required by law to be there. That's why you want a front and center, fourth grader, that's the prize. And, like, that's very real to me, because I've had that experience as a Jewish kid myself growing up. You know, it's, uh, I was playing, um, it was either Little League or roller hockey or some, some sort of sport in elementary or middle school, and the coach called for everyone to, to take a knee and pray, and I was like, okay, I'm fine with that, um, but then in the prayer they mentioned Jesus a whole bunch, and I was like, oh, mm, this is uncomfortable for me now all of a sudden. Uh, and, like, that, you know, we shouldn't, you know, that's the, there's no need for that. It's just, as Toby says, you're excluding a kid, you're making them feel weird and different. And, like, while it's not the greatest crime in the history of the world, it's something that we should avoid. And do we really need to further burden our children? Right. And, you know, also, our Constitution and founders and everything were pretty clear about separation of church and state. And since schools are run and administered by the state, they should have nothing to do with the church. Yes, and it's a... like, that's as straightforward as it gets when it comes to the actual topic itself. But the episode is more interested in sort of the political maneuvering of the whole thing. You know, like the Republicans fight back on the idea of cramming this through as a recess appointment because it's anti-decorum. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, forbid. exactly. Uh, they're, and they're fine with, like, the other three, but not this one because it's controversial. And then so... The real twist of this particular plotline, though, is, like, they're mostly okay with it, and they're like, yeah, yeah, bitch about your recess appointments, we're gonna do it anyway. And then, uh, one of the Republican guys goes, Leo, there's a photo. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's straight out of some fucking, and you you wrote exactly the the words I was thinking, like, it's like, it's straight out of fucking uh, All the President's Men or something. Yeah, yeah. So, he opens his briefcase... (laughs) And pulls out a sealed manila envelope, uh, which then Leo gets to open slowly and pull out the damning photo like that he looks at. A white photo. No, 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 hang on. We don't even see the photo at first. He just looks at it and we get the reaction and then cut to commercial to, to get the maximum drama mind out of, out of the situation before we can possibly even know what the photo is. If they yeah. had only met in an underground, uh, dimly lit parking lot, we would be three for three <laughs> on the Hollywood cliches here. The, the only lighting an arc sodium overhead streetlight. Like, yeah. And everybody has trench coats on. <laughs> so, and- so the photo... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. The photo is of Josephine McGarry uh, herself personally uh, arresting or, or putting handcuffs on a couple of kids who are trying to pre- uh, be in a prayer circle around the school flag uh, because her school has rules saying, hey, you can't pray in school because, you know, it excludes kids or whatever. And she was trying to enforce those rules. Uh, and But then, unfortunately, or at least at first, we're meant to believe an unfortunate photo op happened where a ph- photographer was just happened to catch this really bad-looking moment of her handcuffing children, which of course does not play well in any political sphere. And, but then we find out through her conversation with Leo that she actually called the photographer herself. He's like a reporter, basically. Yeah, to a photojournalist 
to to get this scoop in because she thought it would make her look good. Like, you know, <laughs> that she's like a tough but fair administrator. Or that she's also like a, she's a crusader for that thing it's it's for, like for it's, getting rid of school yeah prayer. for getting rid of yeah. school like yeah this is like oh this is a it's a press photo you know we're gonna we're gonna release this and campaign on it if you will mm-hmm. yeah so and then so leo once he finds this out he gets very upset with her and he argues and they kind of argue back and forth and she actually makes a couple good points i'd argue uh but then leo's ultimate argument and i do want the clip here please is those kids are commendable in this day and age, those kids are phenomenal. Now, we have laws, and they are difficult, and they have to be enforced, and it's right that they're enforced. But we do not strut ever. Uh, which is just sort of the most decorum thing of, like, we, we do not strut? What is this? <laughs> what, what does this mean? You know, like, we can't take a victory lap? I mean, you could say that this was a bad issue to take a victory lap on, and I would agree, because, you know, the because optics of it are not good. And who fucking care? Like, it's the smallest... Uh, the, the, my note is right. here is that it's like, this this issue is even farther gone to the right, the rabid right-wingers than, like, right. gun ownership. Yeah, like, you're never gonna sway any of them. They're just gonna be like, no, we want school prayer. I want to be able to pray to Jesus everywhere I go, please. And thank you. Yeah. So. Like, and the, yeah, the no victory just, lap thing, it's, and. Just weird. And. Because we see them do take vic- smug victory laps all the time on this show. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, the few times they do get a win, the next episode is all about them having a smug victory lap about it. And, and in addition to not, like, not being a particularly devastating issue, like, the stakes of an assistant secretary of education. Right. For K through 12 edu- or whatever. Yeah. Who... Nobody's like, is gonna this going to hurt approval ratings? Like, if she gets appointed? Like, I don't get it. Like, and and frankly, for most people, most people still don't know. Yeah, who, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> like, especially who, assistant secretary. I don't right, fucking like, know anything about yeah, assistant secretaries. Absolutely. And nor should we. Like, you know, who who are we to care about, like, the, the individual, like, lower rank members of the... You know, it's one thing to care about cabinet members because they're the ones who are outlining policies for the entire department. But, like, who yeah. cares about undersecretaries or whatever? <laughs> this is going to really sink the White House? It's just weird. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, and unless so you have any more I think thoughts. The the only thing, the, the last sort of, the oddly enough, the unifying thought between those first two things we talked about mm-hmm. is that ne'er the two do meet in this episode. It right. is too very, they're both in... Which is odd. <laughs> yes. These issues are explicitly in the same lane. Linked. Yeah. And they literally are never tied together. The, right. And so we actually touched on this a little bit in our last episode, where it feels like there is the potential that this is the writers allowing the viewer to draw that connection and be like oh there are parallels here like religious persecution here could be seen as religious persecution here but there is Mm -hmm. not so much as a a whiff of any dialogue any interaction between characters that would cause you to draw that conclusion 
So Leo is actually working on both of these issues simultaneously. You know, he's talking with Bartlett about the Chinese uh, refugees, and he's talking with Josephine about her appointment. And he, even he, who is working on literally both of them, doesn't even think to link the two, even though they're both united around this theme of, like, religious persecution, essentially. Yeah, and so the not only is the theme there it's it, the the dramatic devices that they use to illustrate each issue are also completely distinct it's like a mm-hmm. a very humanizing um like uh you know fellow man type of narrative with the chinese refugees and then right. it's a this is a family drama and you know these people right like we don't even meet the children in in josephine's story no. You know, they're, they're, well, I don't think we even see the photograph ever. Yeah, it's like we off just, in the it distance. It just gets talked about. Yeah. yeah. So it's just very uh, strange so that, that these two things is. are in the same lane, but they never um, kind of intersect. And oddly enough, the like sort of it, it starts to dovetail a little bit with this lack of drawing connections is CJ's prep for the Thanksgiving thing takes an explicitly Christian turn where like mm-hmm. she says, we have to lead them in song. And the song that they're singing is called we gather together, which is any church goer knows is a hymn that is very common in a Christian mm. church. Um, and she's like, Oh, I got to learn this thing. And it's all played up for comedic effect. But the sort of the, the subtle undertone here is that all of the white house preparations and, like celebration of this holiday and all these things that they do are fundamentally Christian. Right. You know, because, you know, every, every, every president we had has been Christian, (laughs) you know, like, you know, even though the, the concerns about JFK and being, you know, Oh, he's owned by the Pope. He's a weird Catholic. (laughs) He was still Christian at the end of the day. And the concerns about the, uh, the Muslimic usurper. Barry Barry Hussein Obama. Uh, Who is also Christian, (laughs) Uh, you know, despite the the complete lack of the right in believing that narrative. Um, But yeah, so it's just, uh, it is weird. Um, You know, props to the CJ storyline. It's all very funny and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's turkeys. How can it not be funny? Jenny does good work. I think that goes without saying. She always does good work. I did make a note here. It's like, this guy, this teenager guy gets a lot of lines for just talking right. about turkeys you know well well they kind of make a point with him later so the, there's the the culmination of this comedic plot line is that uh once cj realizes that you know he's pick he, the guy from the farm is picking up the turkey that didn't get pardoned to go you know to, go to have someone eat to them. go be sold yeah. off as a turkey <laughs> you know for thanksgiving She's like, no, 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 no. I've, like, met both of these turkeys. We're, we'll just keep both of them. They'll both go to the petting zoo that the pardon one goes to. It's no big deal. And the kid is like, no, but it's already been sold. And she's like, well, I'll just buy it. It's, like, 30 bucks, right? He's like, these turkeys are 275 bucks. <laughs> and she goes, what in the world? Uh, so she, she goes to Bartlett, and she's like, look, you need to come out here and pardon the other turkey. And he's like, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, he's like, you know I don't actually have 
the ability to really pardon a turkey, and she's like, look, I know that, and you know that, but the dumbass kid from the farm doesn't know that, so just come do it anyway. And so he come, walks outside, he's like, hey, kid, and the kid's like, whoa, the president. <laughs> it's, very, <laughs> and it, it's very weird. It's a, We were talking about Bill and Ted earlier. It's almost like a Bill and Ted interaction. It is. Like This is like Ted comes to the White <laughs> yeah. House, but he's also a turkey farmhand uh and it's like whoa president and the president goes i par- i hereby pardon the turkey and then the kid goes okay and then bart was like no that's not god, okay god damn it, you this need isn't to- how it works you need to go back to your high school and tell them that they taught you civics wrong <laughs> uh and then he-, he caps it off with okay i can't pardon the turkey but i can draft it into federal service <laughs> so he literally does the twitter meme of pointing at a bird and nationalizing it <laughs> Outstanding. Yep. This turkey nationalized. <laughs> nationalized. <laughs> wow. Wow. President Corbin. <laughs> Outstanding. So yeah, and that that's about where we end up with this episode. Yeah. Um, um we said that there, there isn't a whole lot the notes. going on. Go ahead. But I mean it, it's not as serious. No, there really isn't. Um and like they don't dig into any of these epi- issue particular issues with any real teeth or meat to it, so there's only so much we can say. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a just kind of a white noise episode, really. Well, and I think like, it's not much happened. It's trying to take advantage of the, the holiday, the, theme. the Thanksgiving yeah. thing. Yeah, this is a very again sort of a dated thing of where network TV was obsessed with covering the major holidays. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, we have to do a Thanksgiving episode near Thanksgiving and a Christmas episode near Christmas and. And you see much less of that now because of the way content gets released these days, you know. So I think I think this is uh, sort of a, a I don't want to say a dying tradition, but yeah, a relic certainly uh, of its time. Uh, just the idea of a holiday episode in general. Yep, and we'll see a few more of them. So we will absolutely. So yeah, I think this is a perfectly fine place to call this particular episode. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. We enjoy all of your feedback, comments, questions, suggestions. Uh, if anyone wants to guest star in any particular episode, feel free to drop technology. us a comment. We do. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we can do it better, faster, stronger than before. Uh, and so feel free to drop a comment in the thread if you found us uh, on SoundCloud or through a weird Twitter aggregation bot service uh, and are listening right Thanks, now Russia. from Russia. <laughs> uh, I just say, uh, comrades. Uh, and uh, you can drop us an email at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. <laughs> nice. Nice. And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, when we discuss a whole new episode that I'm not even going to bother looking up. Hooray! Because fuck it. <laughs> all right, we will talk bye to you bye. guys later. Bye. Send all the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on along.